Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Awesome. Thank you, Abba, for the napalm drop this morning. We're being downloaded from the mainframe of heaven. We're being downloaded with fresh oil, fresh fire. He's bypassing the brain wave. He's bypassing brain tissue. Bypassing spinal activity and going right to the seat of our being. These are the ways of heaven. The things of his spirit are foolishness to the natural mind. If you're able to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 1. If you're not able, just listen attentively. We welcome you here this morning. 
where the real Mardi Gras is happening. <laughs> it feels like honey dropping into my belly. It feels like Holy Ghost lava. <laughs> He's renewing me. He's making me take my medicine this morning. <laughs> Whew, glory. We have to understand what is happening. This is very New Testament. Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, behold, I'll send my messenger before your face. <laughs> Isn't that neat? God's going to get in our face. Hallelujah. I never saw like that before. <laughs> saw that before <laughs> Woo! Who will prepare your way? The voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. So how is the Lord going to get in our face and make the paths straight? He's going to baptize us. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem, they're being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair <laughs> and wore a leather belt around his waist. And his diet was locusts and wild honey. <laughs> I, feel that wild, I feel that wild honey getting in my belly right now. <laughs> <laughs> he got this wild honey inside of him. He started preaching. You get this honey downloaded and you get to start preaching. Saying, after me, one is coming who is mightier than I. I'm not fit to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Now look at this word baptism here. If you're interested, it's the Strong's number 907. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
907. <laughs> and the word baptized here, that Jesus is going to baptize us. I just wrote it here. Let me see. It means to immerse, submerge. It's used of vessels being sunk. To cleanse by dipping or submerging to overwhelm. So he's going to submerge us and sink us and overwhelm us with the Holy Ghost. This word is used for the first time in the Greek language. It was found in a cooking recipe. <laughs> this word baptism here, the first time it was found, was found <laughs> in a cooking recipe. And it was used by a medical Greek doctor in a cooking recipe. This is where we get the idea of uh, having a prescription. This is one of the first prescriptions ever. Actually came out of, you know, drug prescriptions came out of recipes, the ancient Greek language. You know, put a bunch of herbs together, you know. Drink this. <laughs> so this word was used, baptism, <laughs> to describe the process of making pickles. This Greek doctor wrote down this word, baptismo, describing taking cucumbers and putting them in boiling water and mixing the water with vinegar and submerging it until the cucumber becomes a pickle. <laughs> until the whole character and taste and smell is changed. So John the Picular appeared in the wilderness. <laughs> Isn't that deep, man? <laughs> I'm going to get in your face and prepare the way of the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to pickle you. With water, but one greater is coming who will pickle you with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Look it up. Strong's 907. I have my Bible program. If there's any skeptics, I'm sure there isn't. But if you, anybody's curious, I have it on my Bible software. You know, a lot of these guys, I, I read this stuff, all this Bible software. You know, a lot of them are Baptists, evangelicals. And they just, you know, I mean, they write about things they don't even know what they're talking about. But it fits in perfect with this revival. And it came about in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth 
in Galilee and was pickled by John in the Jordan. <laughs> it's the Greek word, folks. We got a big pick pickling tank over here. Don't forget to bring people to get pickled on Sunday. It's awesome, man. And immediately after being pickled in the water, he came up out of the water and he saw the heavens opening and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came out of heaven, thou art my beloved son, and thee I am well pleased. <laughs> it's interesting, he didn't have that said to him, even though he was the son of God, until he got pickled first. You know, Jesus didn't do one miracle until he first got pickled. And could it be this pickling process that we've been in these years? This is do the works of Jesus. I believe with all of my heart. And immediately the Spirit impelled him to go into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan and he was with the wild beast. <laughs> no. I s Isn't it amazing when you get pickled by the Holy Ghost? All the wild beasts that start coming out of people against you. carnivorous man I tell you and the angels were ministering him thank God hallelujah today we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost coming on you like a dove <laughs> now the key is to get totally overwhelmed by the Holy Ghost on a daily basis you come to services you get drenched under the dew of heaven under the corporate anointing as we worship him he downloads inside of us gives us this, our daily bread hallelujah in between services you go to home groups or whatever you may go to hallelujah you're driving in your automobile you put on some plastic explosives some CD and you just stay under the anointing. You go to sleep with it on. You talk about it when you sit down, when you rise up. You teach your kids. You engrave it on their hearts. How to be pickled. How to know the Holy Ghost. How to be overwhelmed. How to, be, how to drink. How to read the Word. Hallelujah. And let the words come off the page and breathe into your heart. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so God is restoring the joy to devotion. Bible study is now not just a study, it's a love letter. Prayer time is not just you asking for everything. Prayer time is just coming and sitting at his feet and enjoying his presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God wants to do miracles. Hebrews chapter 11, let's turn to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11 verse 37 they were stoned they were sawn in two <laughs> they were tempted they were put to death with the sword they went about in sheepskin and goatskins being destitute afflicted ill-treated 
men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains, and gator holes in the ground. <laughs> and all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God has provided something better for us. They should depart from us, should not be made perfect. Therefore, this is the epicenter of the entire book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Hallelujah. You know, religion teaches that enduring the cross is a hard thing. But when you plug into the joy, it's an easy thing. What is the vision we're running after? What is the, the overall vision? I believe I found it in the Bible. <laughs> Let's turn to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart. I'll keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I'm reproved. So here's somebody who's desperately thirsty, this prophet, and he stations himself in a position to hear from God. And the first thing that he's going to hear is reproof and correction. Amen? Change me, Lord. Hallelujah. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision. Inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Now there's, there's microcosm and macro. There's micro visions of church communities, cities, regions, and there's the macro, the whole thing wrapped together. Amen? And what is the vision that we need to run after, that the grandstands of heaven are looking after, see if we're going to be doing it or not, or the next generation will have to be raised up to do it? I believe the vision that the prophet has here is verse 14. Turn to that. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The earth will be filled, 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 but be filled. <laughs> Continually, habitually filled with the Holy Ghost. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The word knowledge there is da'at in Hebrew. It's the same word used in Hosea. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. It's not just information. It's intimate knowledge. The word da'at means Adam knew his wife Eve intimately. And my people perish for the lack of intimacy of the glory realm. And so God wants all humanity to know this intimate knowledge and we're the carriers of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
It's very interesting that the entire revelation to the New Testament that the Apostle Paul got, the Pauline epistles that God gave him, the revelation that just shall live by faith is found in the same chapter. Turn it back over here. Verse 4 of chapter 2. This is a loaded chapter, man, I tell you. <laughs> this is a minor prophet with a major message. Verse 4. Behold, as for the proud one, his soul is not right within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith or faithfulness. This is the entire revelation of the new covenant. Do you understand that? Galatians 3, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10, the just shall live by faith. And those that shrink back, my soul have no pleasure in them. So the Lord is marinating us this morning for the purpose to renew our vision for the intimacy of the knowledge of the glory of God to fill this earth. How is it going to happen? He's looking for hearts full of faith that are thirsting for this. Look at Numbers chapter 13. I'm getting blessed this morning, folks. I'm so glad I came to church, I'm telling you. Numbers 13, <clears throat> Caleb in verse 30, Caleb quietened the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it. We should surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad or evil report of the land which the spies had spied out. The land which we have gone in spying out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and the people whom we saw are in great men of great size. Also the sons of Nephilim, the sons of Enoch, part of the Nephilim, or the fallen ones. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. It's very interesting here that the word Nephilim, fallen ones, is the ancestors of Goliath. And I don't know what a greater miracle is. Is a little boy, David, or, you know, adolescent boy, wiping out a giant and cutting his head off. Or Caleb going into Hebron, the city, and taking out three giants, an 80-year-old man. You study it out. Caleb went in there and took out the Raphaim, the fallen ones, the descendants. An 80-year-old man taking out three or a little boy taking out one. I don't know what the greater miracle is. But God is looking for people of that type of faith, that type of spirit. Amen? So the people start rebelling in chapter 14. And in verse 10, they got so upset because of the evil report, all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? How long will they not believe in me despite all the signs I performed in their midst? Comes back to faith again. Moses starts to intercede. Pardon them, Lord. Pardon them. And verse 20, look at this, very key verse. So the Lord said, I've pardoned them according to your word. But, but, To paraphrase, this generation, their carcasses are going to drop in the wilderness. All the men of war and older will drop in the wilderness, except for Caleb and Joshua. I'm going to raise up another generation that will believe me to enter in. And listen, you know, it wasn't that bad of a deal. Listen, folks, 
they had the air conditioning by day, the, the, the heating by night. They had manna to eat. They, their, their shoes didn't wear out. There was not one sick one among them. They had all the gold and silver of Egypt traveling with them. I mean, they had it pretty good, didn't they? But I have a feeling that the current Pentecostal charismatic world that we know it, unless there is a change into this river, that they'll just do another ring around the mountain again until that generation drops off and goes to heaven. God will take care of them. They'll have healing. They'll have good teaching. They'll have the prince of the Lord in the services. Come on now. But God will be looking with long-range vision at the young ones coming up. And the ones that are hungry. Hey, Hallelujah. And I believe we're in a transitional time like that right now. You'd be surprised. You know, I'm from Tulsa, and, and uh, I talked to ministers, and this whole move of God is split down the middle with, you know, the churches I came from, Word of Faith-type churches. And they're all arguing about the manifestations. Split right down the middle. And I really consider the Word of Faith was carrying the banner in the 80s, you know. And, and thank God, I haven't kicked out the Word of Faith message. Bless God. I'm just taking what I learned and keep on running. Amen? Just keep on running. So the Lord said, I've pardoned them according to your word, but indeed as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Okay, these guys disqualified themselves. Okay, I'm going to find somebody else that will believe me. Verse 24, but my servant Caleb. You know what the word Caleb is in Hebrew? Caleb means dog. <laughs> so God chose this man whose name is Dog. God loves making the foolishness of the world to stumble the proud. Amen? And my servant, the dog, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we see here that God's looking for faith. I want, I want to talk about faith this morning for a visitation. Faith for the glory. Amen? Don't look at the glory of God just appearing like, you know, the northern lights of Aurora Borealis. It just suddenly appears. And, ooh, wow. It comes in response to God's people. It comes in response to faith. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth, ranging back and forth, looking for somebody whose heart is completely his, that he may show himself mighty in the earth. Hallelujah. I believe he's found this place. Glory to God. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to that. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. <clears throat> Many of us know Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Who, he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Your best investment in this hour is, number one, be in revival services, hang out with your family, and jettison all extracurricular activities that keep you out of the river. I'm telling you, I, I want to be in church every, every moment I can. 
God said, you know, the Lord told me to do. He said, son, I want you to love your wife as Christ loves the church. Just disciple and love your kids, provide for your family. I want you to worship me with all of your heart, and I want you to be in church with fellowship with other believers. That's it. So a third of my life, I'm, you know, sleeping. A third, you know, I'm in church, and a third, I'm with my family. Praise God. Doesn't leave much time for anything else. <laughs> I don't want anything else. Oh! So I want to please God. In verse 17 of chapter 10 of Romans, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Messiah. I want to discuss about faith and the Holy Ghost, and probably in a different angle you've never heard before, that will just simply inspire you to spend more time in the river. Because it's explosive. When you take faith in this river anointing, ooh. Now right here it says, Faith comes by hearing the word of Messiah, or the word of God. The phrase word there is the Greek word rhema. Rhema means basically the spoken word. There's two phrases for the word word in the Greek. One is called logos and one is called rhema. Let's talk about the difference. Logos is the eternal counsel of God in the heavens. The logos became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1. Amen. Even the, listen, the rabbis, before Jesus came, they're trying to figure out, well, how is God going to send a, a holy Messiah to sinful man? And they came up with a thing called, in Aramaic called Mimra, which means word. God is going to send his word to planet Earth. See, they're so close yet so far. And so God sent his logos, his eternal counsel in the heavens that there's no way for us to understand. Wow. Hallelujah. We see through a glass darkly. The eternal counsel of God came and tabernacled in, in human form. And that, his name is Jesus. There's no way for us to understand Logos because we have these pea brains. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> really, think about it. I was showing the guys back in the office some of the, the pictures the Hubble telescope has taken of the universe. It's incredible, folks. I mean, you're back there in the brochures back there. It's incredible how big our universe is and how small we are and how big God is. Incredible. So the eternal counsel of God is in the heavens. When God wants to reveal his will to man, he sends in container form or in seed form a rhema, a spoken word. Faith comes by hearing the word being spoken. It may come through prophecy. It may come through a song. It may come through preaching. It may it'll come through Bible reading, of course. We are reading the scriptures and suddenly... My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And it just comes right off the page. You ever had that happen to you? Read it hundreds of times and it becomes God-breathed into you. There's a nurse at the City of Faith that had a vision when I was working there. And she said she saw this vision of a Bible sitting on a table. And the Bible was doing this. It was alive. Hebrews 4, the Logos of God is alive. And so God speaks a spoken word in container form, and it's called rhema. And rhema is the key, folks, because faith comes by rhema. The only way that we can walk by faith is by hearing the rhema of God. Solomon understood this. First Kings chapter 3. Solomon asked for wisdom, right? 
information we think. No, no. Solomon actually asks, the Hebrew word is, he asks for a hearing heart. 1 Kings chapter 3. He wasn't asking for a bunch of information. The actual Hebrew is 1 Kings chapter 3. He goes, give me a hearing heart. So the key is to open up your heart like a satellite receiver dish. To hear what the Lord is speaking. Whew. That's how miracles begin. That's how faith begins. Look at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Let's just look at two different instances of a visitation of Gabriel in this chapter here. Chapter 1 and verse 11. An angel of the Lord appeared to Zacharias, saying to the right side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear gripped him. This is chapter 1. But the angel said to him, Do not fear, Zacharias. For your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth shall bear a son, and you'll give him the name John. You'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he'll be great in the sight of the Lord, and he'll drink no wine or liquor, and he'll be filled, filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. He'll turn back many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. For it is he who will go before you as a for, before him as a forerunner in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So how can we get prepared for the Lord? By listening to what John said, being pickled by the Holy Ghost. And Zacharias said to the angel, how this, know this for certain? For I'm an old man, my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you, to deliver you a rhema from the eternal counsel of the Almighty. To bring you this good news. And behold, you'll be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place. Because you did not believe my words. The same thing God said about the Jewish people. Numbers 14. You did not believe me, but shall be fulfilled in their proper time. So we know what happened to him. Now verse 26, six months later, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, or Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And verse 30, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. Now, Mary wasn't more special than anybody else. The way you find favor with God is Proverbs chapter 3. If you'll take God's word and bind it upon your heart, that you'll find favor with God and man. So she was a woman of the word. Hallelujah. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall name him Yeshua or Jesus. He'll be great. And he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Here's the key, folks. You ready for this? And the angel 
answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Offspring shall be called the Son of God. So here's a woman who's barren. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come over you. <coughs> this phrase, overshadow, is taken from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless, darkness, void, tohu vavohu. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. The word hover is the Hebrew word merachephet. Say that. Merachephet. Come on, you can say it. Merachephet. Merachephet is talking of the Holy Spirit. It's also used in the Bible and in uh, ancient Hebrew literature of a bird hovering over its nest. Remember we read earlier at the beginning of the service? Mark 1, the Holy Spirit came and hovered like a dove over Jesus. The Holy Spirit's not a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a bird. He came like a dove, or he came and hovered over Jesus. He's not some bird on the Jesus film comes sits on Jesus' shoulder. Bah, delete that one from the brain tissue. Just hit the delete button right now. The Holy Spirit's not a bird. The Holy Spirit came. He was overshadowing the face of the deep. He was merachephiting. Brooding. And the Lord said, light be. And came right. The Holy Spirit is the creative force of the creation. God spoke the word, the rhema, and the Holy Ghost created light. Where there was darkness and no light at all. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was there merachephiting, hovering. Jesus comes up out of the water. Holy Spirit is there hovering. Mary says, how can this be? My womb is dark. There's nothing there. And this angel said, he's going to come and merachephit over you. Ooh, I understand that. Genesis 1. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will merachephet, or overshadow you. And for this reason, the Holy Offspring should be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. Don't walk around here and, and, and live in this city and say, there's no hope for this city. Give me a break. The Holy Spirit is looking for people. Now, it's very interesting here. In the margin of my Bible, I looked it up in the Greek, for nothing will be impossible with God. It's actually not any word from God is impossible. And the word, word there is rhema. So the angel was saying, no rhema from God is void of power. Meaning encapsulized, you know, everything begins with seed form, folks. The eternal counsel of God. We can't understand that. I mean, it's intense. So God speaks in fragmentary form. We see through a glass dimly. He speaks a rhema, a seed form. And in that seed is the power of its own reproduction and fulfillment. The key is to get impregnated with rhemas from heaven. 
What God is looking for is the uterus membrane walls of people's hearts that he can implant his word into. Oh! You see it now? <laughs> if you understand the parable of the sower, Mark 4, you understand all the parables. The sower sows the word. And the word is looking for 30, 60, 100 fold type ground. And so the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro throughout the world looking for somebody whose heart is completely his. Somebody's heart who's moist and been plowed and the rocks and all the garbage making out and ready to be planted with ramus from heaven. And you know how conception of Jesus began? The impossible thing? The next verse. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, be it done to me according to your rhema. It began right then, conception. Hallelujah. So the most incredible, awesome event is happening in these revival services, folks. And the Lord sent me as a messenger to share it with you in another angle of the same mountain of the Lord, just a different angle, that as we're in these services like this morning and the Holy Spirit's coming on us, He's overshadowing us. And He wants to speak a rhema to your heart. And if you'll take that rhema and implant it into the uterus membrane of your heart, conception will begin for your miracle. Hallelujah. And don't abort it with your mouth by saying, uh, how can this happen? <laughs> Makes you just want to stay in an alligator hole, right, Pastor? <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't look for something spectacular to happen and miss the supernatural realms of God. Now you may say, why is this important? Satan knows it's important because our only offensive weapon in this fight to win the lost souls in POW camps of sin, there's only one offensive weapon, and that's the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, which is the rhema of God. So, if Satan is our arch enemy, he's already been defeated at the cross, but we still have skirmishes and battles to win, amen, for lost souls and regions. How is he going to disrupt the army of God? By disrupting their communication lines and their supply lines. And so he wants us to get so busy in our life that we don't have time to allow the Holy Ghost to marinate over us. It's very interesting, folks, that the Holy Ghost will come to you with rhemas during times you're not busy working. Zacharias had a visitation when he was there in the temple. Ah, that's right. Mary is sleeping at night. Many times the Lord will come in a night vision, will come to you, speak to you. God knows we have to work, you know. <clears throat> Provide for our kids, amen. Pay our bills. So the Lord will come to us at times in the cool of the evening or the cool of the morning. A time where just you and him. How many people have been woken up at three or four in the morning you know it was the Lord? And instead you went back to sleep. Like me, I've done that before. 
You know what? I dismissed my miracle for that day. I dismissed fresh downloading. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every rhema, Mark, Matthew chapter 4, every rhema that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. People say, well, Scott, what's happened to your ministry? What Look at you. What happened to you? I said, well, I just obeyed God. That's all. Three years ago, God said, put your eyes on the altar, quit pastoring, and turn the shofar into the church and run. And encourage and strengthen the local church. That's all I've been doing. I mean, he hasn't told me anything else to do. And that's what we've been doing. And the blessings are in obeying the rhema. Faith without corresponding action is dead. See, you know, faith doesn't come just by reading the Bible. If it did, then our seminaries would be filled with, you know, spiritual giants. It comes by marinating and studying the word and allowing the spirit of God to hover over you. That's what was happening this morning. We're getting downloaded. I mean, it's happening right now. I want you to understand the dynamics in a simple way so you'll allow it to happen more. This is not wasted time. This is not entertainment. On the stage. And, I, and, the, and, the, and the, we were playing your guys' music. Awesome. Man. You know, the, the band was playing. You know, the worship team was Shaginoth, and we were playing that. Hashem, the name, you know. Just playing that over and over. And, it, and the band went into, the, the drummer and the percussionist went into an hour drum solo. I mean, it was incredible. And I was just totally, totally inoculated, inebriated in that place where you just, And then Jesus comes and stands before me, and he downloads into my heart this love. And that was when the miracle began. So what I'm saying is that in these services, we were being downloaded. And you go out there and start walking around, suddenly they'll start kicking in action. Boom. Because it's him. It's him. How is Jesus going to defeat the enemy? Revelation 19, he comes on a white horse and a sharp two-edged sword out of his mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody today? Praise God. So I found out in this quest, to win the lost and obey the Great Commission, that this oil of joy is the greatest thing. It makes you want to repent. You know, you know how I found a way to get more oil, more joy, to hate unrighteousness. Hebrews 1. Because Jesus hated unrighteousness and loved passionately righteousness, God filled him with the oil of joy beyond everybody else. Jesus was the biggest drunk, folks. We're going to be talking about one of these services, the evening service. What's the scene in heaven? Hallelujah. This one phrase, the just shall live by faith, turned the entire Western Europe, split it down the middle between the Renaissance and the Reformation. Hallelujah. Lord, I obeyed you what you want me to say today, Father. Lord, there's no more need to say anything else. Lord, hallelujah, we just keep it simple. Keep it simple, Scott. Hallelujah. <laughs> we just keep it simple. But I'll let everybody here grab these word images. Of the Holy Ghost is not a bird, Father. But he comes and hovers and broods over us as we worship him. And out of nothingness he speaks from the eternal counsel of Papa, Abba. And he just wants us to receive that word and believe it and let it become part of us 
and conceive inside of us with our tongues, speaking what he spoke about us already. And that's how you're going to fill the earth with your glory, Lord. You're looking for a people that will embrace your ramus, that you may fill the earth with your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we repent this morning for any ramus that we've aborted. Forgive us, Lord, for speaking unbelief and doubt. Forgive us, Father God, for saying anything, looking at circumstances, looking at ourselves like grasshoppers compared to our circumstances. Forgive us to this day, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Hallelujah. Forgive us, Papa. And we want to be a people in this hour. Hallelujah. We want to be a people that will believe you. Lord, you said Abraham was your friend because he believed you. I want to be your personal friend. We want to hang out with you, Papa. Holy Ghost, have your way. Have your way, Lord. When you begin to brood over us, Holy Spirit, we will listen. We will sit back and take a, take a siesta for a few moments. Even at night when you wake us up and you want to speak to us. Dreams, visions. Oh, hallelujah. When prophetic words are given in services, Lord, we just won't clap and say, isn't that great, and then forget about it. When we hear a real rhema from heaven given out prophetically in our services, Lord, we will listen and embrace it. We love you, Papa. Teach us your way. You're the author and finisher of our faith, Jesus. Lord, forgive us, even as faith people, thinking that we knew it all. God, forgive us. It wasn't a formula. It wasn't a formula. It was all about a cooking recipe. That's what it is. It's all about a cooking recipe. Getting pickled. God, it's so simple. Help me. <laughs> we thank you, Papa. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're alert also to Satan's maneuvers to keep us from hearing the downloadings from heaven. It's like Satan will come, like, get people offended with one another, Christians offended, and then our communication supply lines cut. <laughs> or keep us from hearing those sweet ramas, a still small voice, like, it's going to be okay. Have a drink. Your circumstances say opposite, just count it all joy. Have a drink, man. His momentary light affliction is producing in us an eternal weight of glory. Hebrew word for glory and is the weighty presence of God. Eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things unseen. The things seen are temporal, subject to change. The things unseen are eternal. And so, Lord, we be like Solomon today. We ask for a hearing heart. And the kings of the earth will come to us to hear the ramas, the wisdom you put inside of our hearts. And they'll bring their gold and silver to this place and to people's lives to hear what's inside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hear what the Spirit's saying this morning, precious ones. This is not the words of a man. It's not something I dreamed up. 
This is spontaneous out of my belly. Hallelujah. And I knew these things before, but this revival made it all clear. The more I drink on the floor, it just everything comes together so clearly. <laughs> I think true systematic theology is to be systematically under the water. Layer upon layer, line upon line, he's taking the line and layers out of me. Taking off the layers of brain tissue, experiential knowledge that develops my worldview and giving me a heavenly view now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My father said to me once, when I first was a believer, he said, Son, you study the Bible so much. If you study medical books, you could be a brain surgeon. You study so much. And I looked at him and I said, I am a brain surgeon. He looked at me and I said, My job is to get people delivered to their natural minds. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so, Lord, we allow the guillotine of your presence to fall upon our brain stem. Because a natural man cannot understand the things of the rhemas of God. <laughs>
Shalom friends, this is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www. Dot flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. Looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom.